Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to our continuing series, Unvarnished, on a, as we continue to interview the Reverend Rassus Roosevelt, Washington III of the Last Baptist Church, Kingdom Come Last Baptist Church of Gumneck, North Carolina, as he gives us the biblical history of the book of Genesis. Dr. Ashkenazi was present in our last series, and he has a role to come. But we do have Reverend Washington III back with us today, and uh, welcome back. Well, thank you very much, Chuck. It's good to be back again. I am glad that the series has continued to spark interest among the population and that they wants to know the scriptures as they're actually to be told. Well, very good, Reverend Washington, and we appreciate your coming back. We got a great deal of feedback after our wildly successful first season from the community and some here from Gunnet. The first set of criticisms we might have received that are constructive are clearly that the views espoused by you are not necessarily those of all who live in Gumneck and that the representation of the town could benefit from having more citizens involved. Well, I agree with you, Chuck. I don't expect that I could ever speak for all the population of Gumneck and certainly not even for all the Christians of Gumneck. Being a population of 340, half black, half white, mostly black, believe it or not, I know that my views might be, to some extent, not the same as others. Well, that's good. Well, the second thing we wanted to bring up from our listeners was that they wanted to know um, how they could relate the spiritual stories you're offering as something other than ancient history, something that really defines and has application to day-to-day -day life uh, among those who uh, believe and wish to follow it. Well, that's a good idea too, Chuck. If the scriptures did not have relevance today, I would not be here. The purpose of the scriptures is yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the same. And I welcome the opportunity to discuss how they apply. Well, that's good, and we appreciate that. Last but not least, Gumneck was virtually off the map and unknown until we began the series, and now many wish to know more about it and want to have us bring in some individuals and certainly citizens of the town that might give us some of its history in addition to what you've offered. Well, I think that's a good idea too, Chuck. All those are three good ideas. That's enough for a day. So perhaps we should get on with the story of Genesis and what we need to tell about what took place there. Yep, I agree with you. And um, we're going to see if we can make the format work as follows. Well, uh, Dr. Washington, I trust you won't be offended. But another set of comments we received was that the lengthy nature of your uh, description of the biblical history uh, could be somehow shortened or condensed. Um, there were a number of viewers or listeners who um, stated that they would like to know if these stories can be delivered in a more timely fashion. Well, they certainly can, Chuck. Of course, every word of the scriptures is important, and that to hang on them in uh, infinite detail is enough to make the congregation doze off, which I have witnessed myself doing many Sunday morning services. And as a result, I will do my best to see if I can deliver the messages from these fine Bible stories in the second half of the book of Genesis in a much more concise fashion and more succinctly and abbreviatedly shorter than what we did last season. Well, that's all we're asking and we appreciate it. Um, 
Dr. Washington, let's go on with where we were. Where we, we left off, it was Esau and Jacob had just got back together and reconciled and figured out that they could probably make life work. And uh, Jacob was going to go back to the homeland and be able to uh, beat down the insurrections that had occurred when his mama helped him uh, basically fool his dad into believing he was Esau and took his blessing from him. Well, when Jacob was on his way back, he had a sleepless night where he found the story of Jacob's ladder, where there was angels descending and rescending up into heaven and back, as you recall earlier. But he had a second encounter with the angels who told him he would be blessed and would be the leader and the patriarch of a great nation that God would build for him. But after the angels came down and told him this one night, Jacob said, well, you know, my daddy Abraham was waiting for this promise to come. My granddaddy Abraham, that is. My daddy Isaac was waiting for this promise to come. And now I'm waiting for this promise to come. I just have to need some idea, some promise, some something. Since y'all are men of God and angels from above, you can't just leave me here. And with that, the angel said, well, it's against the prime directive that we offer any special assistance, as you well know. As men of God and angels from above, we are not allowed to interfere in the development of humans. Well, I thought that sounded a little like Star Trek to me. But be as it may, Jacob was unwilling to give up his position without a fact. And he grabbed one of them angels and said, you're going to give me some extra blessing and some promises or something, or I'm not going to let you go. And Jacob was apparently built up pretty strong from them 14 years he worked for his two wives for Laban. And as a result, he was able to arrest the angel so badly that they had to use chicanery and trickery and touched him in the back of his knee and made him lame, period. As a result, Jacob walked with a limp for the rest of his life, which many believed to be symbolisms of the scriptures of the things that would continue to plague the nation of Israel as symbolic nature of the future and projecting the difficulties they would face in achieving full acquisition of the promised land. Well, I appreciate that story, and with that, I'd like to introduce our additional guests who will talk to you about both the town of Gunneck and represent different views than those that Dr. Washington may have espoused. We would first like to welcome Dr. Gloria Allgreen of the Operation, Director of Operation Bootstrap and a community organizer that is a leader for social justice. Dr. Allgreen, welcome aboard. Thank you for letting me come here, Chuck. I'm glad that we have a chance to talk about Operation Bootstrap and how we are trying to lift ourselves out of social injustice and imbalance and impropriety and all the other things that make lesser human beings of those who are children of God as espoused by Reverend Washington. Well, thank you much, but uh, Operation Bootstrap, can you tell us a little about that? Yes, I'd be happy to, Chuck. The Operation Bootstrap is, stands for Black Organizations and Others Telegraphing the Struggle to End Racism and Prejudice. Well, that certainly sounds like a mouthful. Um, I think there's some extra words in there. That didn't matter, Chuck. Bootstrap is the name of our organization, and we'll appreciate any contributions you or any of your camera crew or other staff would wish to make before you leave. Well, we'll certainly um, consider that, but I appreciate your being here and offering the vantage point of someone who is a community leader and organizer here in Gumneck. Well, it's my pleasure to be here. And last but not least, our third guest, Josephus Billy Bob Stanhope, 
Sr., President of the American Farmers for Freedom and Vice President of the Gumneck Chamber of Commerce. Welcome and uh, thank you for being here. Well, I think it's about time that some of the views that we represent is also brought to the fore because among the American Farmers for Freedom, we know that this country needs to be taken back from those who would choose to make it other than the United States, which we've come to know and love. And we, above all else, support the government of President Donald Trump's and feel that he can actually help us to find our way to a true nation of freedom. Well, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Stanhope. So with that, we've just heard the story of Esau Jacob, and with it, we understand that the struggles of the nation of Israel might be irrelevant to, or very well might be relevant to this time in some way. Um, who wants to speak first? Uh, Mr. Stanhope. Well, I think that the most things that we need to know is that the God Almighty has pointed out that there will be a promised land to the nation of Israel and to his chosen people. This is analogous today, in my opinion, to the very nature of the concept of manifest destiny. If it wasn't for the fact that the good Lord had decided that we should have this country and that we should make it into a Christian nation, it would not ever have come to pass. And as a result, I'm clearly able to see that the things espoused by the scriptures in the book of Genesis in this struggle are truly representative of our own struggle to take our country back. Well, that's a very interesting view, uh, Mr. Stanhope. Are there any uh, counter comments? Dr. Uh, Algreen. Yes, I have always thought that it was ridiculous that anyone could possibly think that it was God's will to take this land away from the Native Americans and American Indians who was living here at the time. As a result, me and my movement have focused on the Native Americans who live in this region, many of which have suffered undue poverty, absence of education, and a terrible loss of opportunity. And they make up a significant portion of the population not represented here today. But if manifest destiny means you can take anybody's land anytime you want, I can't see that that would be the will of God, especially if there was people already living there. Well, you uh, uh, let me intervene here, Chuck. Uh, the promised land certainly seemed to be occupied by some peoples who was already living there when it was promised to Abraham and Isaac and to Jacob. As a matter of fact, I think God was pretty clear on the fact that those people that was living there wasn't going to understand it was the promised land and they might have to kill them off and take that land from them by force. And believe it or not, as we advance through the scriptures, you will see that that was true in every respect. Well, I think we've run out of time for today, and I trust that we have offered some of the things that the uh, listening audience has asked for. And I want to thank my guests, uh, Mr. Stanhope, uh, Dr. Allgreen, and of course, Reverend Washington. Uh, thank you, and good night.